Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Students will not be able to return to school as normal come September if current health guidelines remain in force. And that's according to the Teachers Union. Uh, there's a list and a raft of rules and regulations that are going to have to be put in place to stick within those guidelines, according to the unions. And some of it just isn't doable. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on this today. Do you want your children back to school as normal? And just to give you an idea about the guidelines compiled by the uh, Health Protection Surveillance Centre. Primary school pupils uh, from third class up and all secondary school students will be required to maintain a distance of at least one metre between each other when schools return. Now, I would find that bizarre because at the moment you see kids and they're out in the fields and out in the parks and they're playing with each other and they don't keep a distance. So why they would have to do it in school is beyond me. But however, we'll find out a bit more about that. Teachers will also be required to maintain at least one metre unless, of course, to deliver first aid or anything like that. Of course, there will be exceptions to that uh, from the students, uh, although guidance is recognised for certain exceptions. Individual desks will need to be at least one metre apart and teachers should arrange to move from classroom to classroom to avoid students moving in groups which I think would be easy enough in primary school, obviously, but in secondary school, that's going to be a problem when it comes to woodwork and domestic science. Or is that what they still call it, domestic science? Uh, but, you know, um, technical drawing, science uh, subjects where those school classes are set up or those rooms are set up for those facilities. The Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, said the challenges facing secondary schools are much more complex. Now, to give you a bit more information on it, and I want to get your thoughts today, I want you to text or WhatsApp in, do you want your children back to school as normal before the pandemic without the guidelines how many people out there will be happy say on September the 1st or the week beforehand uh, at the end of August to have your children go back to the way it was in January would you be worried about that concerned about that or do you think that's the way it should be let me know what you think the number is 87 188 Deirdre O'Connor from the INTO is the Assistant General Secretary and she joins me on the line Deirdre good afternoon to you Good afternoon, Niall. This is quite complicated, isn't it? I mean, look, I, we all understand there's a pandemic out there. We all understand that for certain vulnerable sectors in society, it can be extremely dangerous. Uh, but for the majority of people, probably not dangerous. Children being those in the majority that it's not going to be dangerous for. So why do you think we need so many rules and regulations? Well, I, I think, you know, to answer the question that you're after putting out to your, to your listeners, um, I, I don't think anybody would expect that we're just going to go back into school um, and, and that things are going to be the way that they were in January, no more than they are when we go to the hairdressers or the supermarket or anywhere else. So I suppose the first thing is that, you know, I think there, there are going to be changes and I think everybody accepts that there's good reason for those changes because the main thing is to keep everybody safe back in the school community. But I mean, we welcome the, 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 the publication of the interim guidance that came out yesterday from the public health, uh, from the public health doctors. We've been saying all along that what we needed was public health guidance to enable us to make our schools ready to to bring back children in as safe a way as possible. And that's the objective. And that's, I suppose, Mm -hmm. where where we have been working towards for the last, uh, as as the INTO, as the Teachers Union, that's what we've been working towards for the last last two or three months. I mean, I'm looking across the world and and look, these regulations seem very similar to other countries like Denmark, France, Germany, for example, Netherlands. Although Gavin Williamson, who's the Education Secretary, is literally on his feet at the moment at the Houses of Parliament delivering the regulations for the UK. They seem to be less strict, it seems to be. But it's go- there's going to be a problem, dear. It's all well and good saying we have regulations, but who's how are we going to implement them? Because I'm looking at kids running around playing with each other in fields and parks at the moment and hanging around in groups and going to parties and secondly, the older teenagers, etc., etc. 
they don't really care about social distance. And you, you can see that yourself. Some of them do, clearly, but well, most I, don't. Well, I suppose uh, in our sector, we're dealing with primary school children. And those of your listeners who, who have primary school children will know that, you know, you know, kind of that, you know, kind of children like to play. They like to mix with their friends. That it's important that they would get back and have all those social interactions because that's what children have been missing over the last over the last while. I suppose what people can expect in schools is that they can expect more separation. That children won't be mixing in the same way that they did. Less interaction, but that they still that they that they will still be able to go back in, talk to their friends, you know, kind of learn in the way that they're used to learning. And that's where that's okay. Where will they be able going. to go to the yard like with little Johnny, who's a friend of Mary in room four? You know, will, will he? Will they be able to meet up in the yard if they're six, say six, seven years of age, and you know, and interact in any shape or form? Or will will students be kept in the classes away from each other? I, I don't think they'll be kept in their classrooms. Um, I, I think there there is every. I mean, children need to get out. They need to play. But I think there will be an effort made that children, in order to minimise any possible contact or spread of the virus, will be will be playing in their own group. But is this a, is it own. a bit over the top, dear? When we look at the the information from the WHO and the WHO has clearly stated through contact tracing, there was no evidence of any child passing it on to an adult. Are we not? Are we not a little bit over the top when it comes to children? There, I mean, the risk of, uh, say, a seven-year-old passing it on to an adult from what we believe in the WHO, the evidence that we have so far, is so tiny that it's just, it's not even a runner. But I think most of your listeners out there would agree, you know, who have children would agree that they have been vigilant about the way their children have been playing and the way that their children have been interacting with each other. So they have been teaching their children and, and, and schools will teach the children the ways to behave, you know. Absolutely, you I mean, I, I'm school, all, I'm you know, all that, for teaching that. their, I'm all for, you know, making sure that they, the sanitizer in the classroom, making sure, and I think it's a really good thing, forget about COVID-19, I think it's a really good thing to teach children to cough into their arm and wash their hands regularly after they've yeah. done a little bit of project work or whatever it happens to be, you know, or, to, you know, to wash their hands before they come in and as they leave or when do they go to the bathroom. I mean, I'm all for that. But I just think with little ones particularly, when we see the evidence of under 12 years of age, the WHO has clearly said there is no evidence from any country in contact tracing of a child passing it on to an adult. So do you, well, so well, look, from I, that I'm point not, of view, I'm I think not, that's I'm concerning. Not, I'm, not, I'm not a medical expert and I, I'm, not, I'm not going to get into that. But I mean, what I'm looking at is the HPSC guidance, our own guidance, the Health Prevention and Surveillance Centre guidance. Yeah, but would you not question that, Deirdre? I, I mean, obviously, as you know, an Assistant General Secretary of the INTO, do you not question that and say, well, look, you know, we've looked at evidence from the WHO who said there's no evidence of a child passing it on to an adult uh, but yet we're bringing in these restrictions which impede the social activity of children. Well, I think the, the guidance that has come out from our from that from that from the HPSC very much does take the balance between the importance of social interaction and children playing and children learning and the social distancing. And you'll see a lot of words in that guidance were things like where possible and, you know, acknowledging that, for example, young children, younger children are going to play. But I suppose there is still um, an onus on schools to keep children as safe as they can. And they will do that in the balance between, you know, how safe is it to let every child in the school go out and play and potentially mix. And then if potentially you had one case that you would that that there would be a large number of contacts 
It's about trying to keep the number of contacts as, as small as possible, which is what we've all been trying to do over the last while. I, I know Gavin Williamson has put down legislation or part of the regulations, should I say, in the United Kingdom is that if two children are tested positive for COVID-19 within a two-week period, that class would then self-isolate. But if only one child has it, they, they're not going to. They're also going to make um, home testing available for parents and for teachers who may have a concern about, say, you know, symptoms or whatever, if they have a bit of a cold or whatever, or temperature, whatever it happens to be. In relation to your own members uh, and the school teachers themselves, obviously yeah. they're adults, so obviously there's a higher risk of adults, you know, getting COVID-19, yeah. and particularly those who would be elderly teachers or, more, or older teachers close to retirement, of course, uh, they would have a higher risk again. So what's, what's in it for them or what regulations will there be around school teachers and, you know, apart from keeping their distance from children where possible? I mean... Well, the- Go ahead. The return to work protocol that, that applies to all workplaces is going to apply in schools. So schools will have, um, as, as employers, will put in a return to work form where teachers will be asked to declare if they have COVID to ensure or if they have symptoms, all of those kind of things. Um, there, there will also then, of course, be all of the other measures that are in place for the children about the, the hand washing, about the hygiene, about keeping the school clean. And then as well as that, teachers are being asked to maintain the two metre distance between each other as um as 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 adults in terms of the, the the distancing and and teachers will be you know in the main will be able to do that um and well, obviously but yeah but other workplaces would allow for example people to work from home that's not possible in a school no. environment obviously so is there any suggestion at all about blended learning because i know in northern ireland for example many schools and primary schools in particular are going back two days a week uh, with teachers having you know uh, corrections on wednesdays and then on thursdays and fridays another group going for two days and that's kind of seems to be the way they're doing it at the moment is there suggestions of blended learning there, I think the objective at the present time is, is as far as possible. I think the minister said it yesterday would be to, um, you know, kind of to get to get schools back, um, you know, kind of as, as as far as possible to to normal. Now that does involve our teachers going back in, and I mean there there is there will certainly be a role for our occupational health service in terms of teachers who are in the very high risk and vulnerable categories and making judgments about whether whether they are going in. But but that's something that's in place across the public service and across those public services that have been out in the front line um, ever since the, the, the COVID crisis but, started. Yeah, but what, what about, Deirdre, you know, I mean, there are very many people in vulnerable categories. For example, my producer here has asthma, but mind you, she's in work every single day, and, and that's her choice, obviously, to, you know, to come into work. But there are teachers who may have asthma, who may have diabetes, who may, and who carry on normally, you know, and, and operate and, and teach. Well, they now have an option to stay at home, because that could leave us without a lot of teachers if that option is available, wouldn't it? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, if, if all of the children are in school, there isn't going to be an option for teachers to choose to stay at home. And, okay. you know, kind of, so there isn't, there isn't going to be that. But there are going to be teachers who, under medical advice, will not be able to return. And one of the really important things that we need to look at is how those teachers are substituted for. And we need a good system of substitution in place so that, say, for example, a teacher wakes up in the morning and has, uh, you know, symptoms of COVID, doesn't need, you know, can't go into work on that basis. Somebody needs to be able to take that teacher's task straight away. So we really need a good system of substitution. So also to ensure that we don't have what we're all familiar with, which is completely unsatisfactory in primary schools when a teacher is absent, that the children in that class divide themselves up and go off to other classrooms. That's which would normally be the procedure, of course. But, yeah, but there's, al- Deirdre, there's already a shortage of teachers out there, of course. Yeah, so that's going to be a difficult task then, isn't it, if, if teachers there's- are staying at home? There is, there, there, there is, there is, you know, there are difficulties, particularly in some areas in relation to teacher supply. But I think, you know, kind of, we, we do need to put those. If the work is there, people will, people will take it up. We believe.
Right, okay. All right, well, look, we'll find out a little bit more tomorrow, of course, uh, before, when this goes to the Oireachtas Committee in relation to how we're going to deal with this. Um, obviously, the ASTI uh, would be on the same page as, as yourself in relation to the, re- the, the rules and regulations. I think it's important to say there are, there are differences between post-primary and primary settings. And there, you know, there are complexities at both, at both settings. So, you know, I think, it's, I think it's important to take that into account. Well, we will be talking to the ASTI tomorrow about their particular predicaments and their set of regulations as well. Uh, Deirdre, but is, is, just on the final note, is there anything in particular that you see that you're not happy with that you would like to see changed? It, it, well, I suppose I've, I've said to you that one of the big things is to make sure that there's substitution in place, and that would include, for example, in a lot of, in a lot of small rural schools, we have teaching principals. They're going to have an awful lot of, of jobs to do, um, kind of maintaining all of these regulations. They're going to need, again, substitution. They're going to need uh, release from their classes to go and to manage all of these things. It's really important that we get those, those provisions put in place. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed. Deirdre O'Connor, who is the INTO Assistant General Secretary. Appreciate you coming on the air. Let me go to Graeme. Graeme, you're in Classic Kids, our resident school teacher. Graeme, enjoying the time off, yeah? I am actually, Nan. How are you getting? Although I did have I did have class this morning. Did you? I did. I, well, I was a bit disappointed, I'll be honest with you, that the Irish schools didn't kind of have a little bit of a test run. I mean, I know in Britain they've been back for the last three weeks on a kind of yeah, trial basis. Yeah, our teachers are dead. Which, sorry? Well, you've got to take into consideration population, Graeme. You know, I know. Okay. I know, but compared to I, I, none, I, I, and, and if you look at that, and, I, and I saw the stats for those teachers, many of those teachers, they, look, okay, I won't get into that's a whole different argument about their ages and the risks and underlying conditions. We can get into all that, okay? And, you know, and, and every year, Graeme, by, by the very nature of the fact that 50,000 people die in the United Kingdom every single month on average, there are going to be some school teachers, they're going to be DJs, they're going to be pilots, they're all going to be different occupations because everybody who dies has an occupation. So that's it's a bit of a moot argument, Graeme. All I right. disagree, but anyway. Okay, but okay, but the point is, I mean, are you happy with these regulations? And can you see them working? I mean, and obviously from no, your point of view, not. I mean, you're you're in secondary school, aren't you now? I am. Yeah. Okay, so we'll be talking to the ASTI tomorrow. Now, the idea that the kids are going to stay in the classes and you're going to move around instead of the kids, which normally hustle and bustle between each class, that's not going to work because what happens when they want to go to science or woodwork or technical drawing or any of the you yeah. know biology, chemistry? It's just not going to work, is it? No, look, the guidelines for now um, are eighty percent of what's in there is just existing washer hands stuff that we're all meant to be doing. Yeah, that we're all well aware of. So the length of the document is somewhat redundant in that uh, part. It also says, it references like five other documents you have to read at the same time. Is it really that hard to put it all in one thing? It's also, these are advisory guidelines that the department can make their own guidelines on. Is it really that hard to just release one document that people can read and critique rather than have to... Yeah, just bullet points. All we need is bullet points, isn't it really? Yeah. Um, but in answer to your question, look, um, now my, as a special class teacher, my context is somewhat different and more complicated. But for the subject you just mentioned, uh, they say, oh, students should stay in their kind of main class boat. Uh, they might be in that class for English and maths, Irish. That's assuming this, it isn't streamed in the higher and ordinary level. Some schools are, some schools aren't. And for everything else, they are not in that boat. No. So according to these guidelines, when they go to woodwork, like you mentioned, well, they have to stay in their original class bubble that they came from inside in the woodwork class. How the hell can they do that? They're all meant to have their, all, um, their own tools. But, you, but, yeah, but, they, but in between those two classes, they're going to be going out a door together, walking through corridors together, going to the jacks together, unless we're going to ban them from going to the toilets. Uh, and so they're, they're going to be interacting. And, they're, and look, they're. We, we know what teenagers are like. I mean, and no harm to them. You know, they, they meet and they talk and they stand beside each other and that's what they do. They're yeah. human beings. 
and 40-something of them walk out of a door in a house party. But anyway. <laughs> um, Did you see that video, by the way? It was funny. Do you know what it was like? It was like something from an old Benny Hill comedy where you it just... Was, <laughs> you see I saw somebody put that up online with the music on it. It was very good. <laughs> it was just like um, you're going, is this ever going to end? Yeah. But... <laughs> Look, it, it's just not practical. Um, even they're talking about uh, the amount of cleaning that's meant to be done. Uh, my own school, we're uh, somewhat lucky, or not, well, the school I work at, it's not mine, um, that the, the school is designed for a lot more students than we currently have. Our numbers have been going back up the right direction, thankfully, but the building is, so there is more room that you will find in most. Yeah. But, like, the idea that um, every computer has to be cleaned after everyone uses. That's, that's um, in my just own, impractical. In my own, con- in my own context, I, I teach in special classes. I have students coming and going from mainstream all day long. Um, they're coming into different classrooms. There are endless puzzles, sensory toys, or sensory room, all these different things that all are meant to be cleaned after each student uses them. It's not Literally. It's not doable, is I mean, it? Our cleaning staff are brilliant, you know, great staff, all that kind of stuff. They can clean the school as is with their numbers you would have to quadruple them and you still probably wouldn't get close. You're talking of having to clean the rooms I work in nine to ten times a day. Yeah, I mean, they want schools cleaned as if you were cleaning a hospital. In other words, yeah. yes, everything has to be sanitized, and, and they want everything. And that's distance. just, it's not, just not doable. Yeah. The, the, with the the current, say, right, yeah. you ha- they start off, you have to maintain social distance. It has to be two metres, second you can't. Well, do I know, no, they, the ha- well, they, well, they have said one metre. No, no, they, it starts with two metres, okay. except when you can't, then it's one metre, except yeah. when you can't. So basically it goes around to forget about social distance. Whereas in every other context, when you've got hundreds, and in some large schools you give well north of a thousand people inside in a building, they all, have, you know, there are the amount of PPE and masks and all other things that would be involved in that situation for all those other people. But somehow they don't. Well, no, I don't. I don't believe this COVID is a suggestion anywhere, by the way, in the guidelines that you, as a teacher, have to wear a mask or anything like that. I mean, that's just not. Uh, there is in relation to spe- in relation to special needs, but the idea. I, is, I think wearing a mask if you're teaching special needs kids is going to be quite scary for a, for a special um, I, needs I, I child. At the class I was just in, I was chatting to my students about. Yeah. Yeah, I was just asking them what they thought and that kind of stuff, but. In that context, but they're saying in a different context, you have to maintain all these social distancing and you have to use your mask and you have to do all this stuff. But inside in a school, so if you remove the education, part, it's just a building with a lot of people in it. So in any other building with a lot of people in it, you have to do this stuff. But in a school, you don't. Where, uh, but yeah, but you know, but no, no, hang on, but hang on, Graham. We're talking about a building with small people in it, a building with young people in it, a building, a building with people who, who we know. Well, 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 teenagers up to, up to the age of eighteen, right, or seventeen generally. Or okay. Yeah, well, very few will be nineteen. Although my although my daughter's nineteen is still in school, but oh, say say that very <laughs> very few will be nineteen. Uh, those will be the who started at yeah. six years but of age. Okay, but the, but the point yeah, but the point is you're dealing with people who are at the lowest risk when it comes to COVID nineteen, and but we know that. Thir- that's under th- no, that's thirteen and under. I'm not. Yeah, but I mean, how many cases in the world has there been of anybody over the age of 12 and under the age of 19 dying of COVID-19? I think we'll find those cases are in the I single digits know. around the whole world. I, in, I, I doubt single digits around the whole world. Well, but anyway, I'm telling you, it, un, unless they had massive underlying conditions. There, I mean, but we've had 20-something cases. Of them passing it on. No, but we've had 20-something cases that were taken to hospital of people under the age of 18 in this country, as far as I remember. 20-something, I think it was 26 cases. And the reason those particular individuals ended up in hospital was for observation because they had serious underlying illnesses. In other words, they may have had leukaemia or something else. Yeah, but what that's for them being the ones who were most neg- uh, you know, very bad, negatively affected. Or yes. Died. But that's not for passing it on. 
the, the, well, okay, okay. Well, I, obviously, I've, from a primary school point of view, I'm, that's not I'm a risk. I'm in my early forties. If I get it, I actually I think I actually already have. But we'll find out whenever we get around to do antibiotic stuff. If I get it, I might get sick. It is very. But, but where do we go from? Okay, but where do we gotta go from here, Graham? People and so can fifth years, sixth years, fourth years to me, and vice versa. Okay, where do we go from here? I mean, COVID nineteen is going to be around for a while, I imagine, right? Let's just take the experts on that one and say it could be with us for ten or twenty yeah. years, right? So where are we going to go? Kids walk into school with snotty noses, coughing, farting, splurting. I mean, but if they kid, walk in, if they walk in coughing, they'll be sent home. But they'll never be in school, so will they? You know, uh, if, if one kid comes in with symptoms, are, is every other kid in the class going to go, or is the teacher going to go? Oh, that kid had a cough this morning, a snotty nose. We're all isolating. We're all out of here. I mean, where no, does it? Where? Do, how far down the rabbit hole are we going to go? According to the guidelines they just released, any any student comes in like that will be sent home. Yeah, according to the guidelines in the UK, they have to have two positive cases in a two-week period before anybody would be sent home to isolate. I have to be honest, uh, the UK will be one of the, not the last, but one of the last countries I'll be taking any advice <laughs> on anything to do with COVID. <laughs> okay, they'll probably be right on that one. But stay there for a second, Graham. Jamie, you're on Classic Hits. Jamie, how are you doing? How are you doing, Noel? No, Noel? Yep. I'm just listening to that teacher here and I'm banging my head off the wall. Don't do that, it's bad you. I swear to God, does he want to go back? Does he want a job or not? Does he? He's got a job. Well, if you don't want the tone to work in September, he didn't don't say he didn't. He didn't say he didn't. Don't educate the kids. And stop looking for excuses not to work. Where did I say I'm not going to be? Well, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Jamie, Jamie, relax there, will you? No, he no, did. No, well, no, hang no, on, Jamie. God, hang on for a second. Graham never said he didn't want to go back to work. No, I work in the job up in the airport. Right. And the middle, at the height of this crisis in the north of Italy, when they were dropping like flies, and it was notified as a red, a red spot. Don't go to it. You want to see the hundreds of kids going on school trips, transition year students, flying off to the north of Italy with their teachers. Well, they shouldn't be. Ours was cancelled. Now, listen. Well, this is your cohort of teachers bringing them. I'm not responsible for every teacher. Listen, actually, no, right? This is your gang. Your You're teachers. not responsible your for everybody in an airport. Actually. This is yours. I'll tell you what's hard to problem. If you put a couple of hundred pounds in your back pocket, you'll go back to school. Wouldn't it? It's all about the unions, isn't it? I don't need any money. I'm going to yeah, uh, yeah, my wages. I'm going back to school already. And this is... Noel... Yes. You want to see them, and you want to see this, and we were asking the teachers, are you crazy going over there? And you want to see the behaviour of the teachers, you didn't care. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm not going to disagree with you on that point. I think more thought should have been put into those, particularly no, I, at, that, at that particular time, which would have been quite crucial. But getting, but getting back to the, the guidelines, Jamie, you know, I understand your point, And, you know, I know people have a pop of teachers. Well, no, but, but the point, point is that I'm not going to, we're not going to yeah, work. Yeah, but, Gra- yeah, but Graham, no, Graham is going back to work. He's quite happy to go back to work. You know what he should do? No, but, but, no, hang on, no, hang on, Jamie. No, let me, no, let me finish. Graham, Graham and other teachers just want it to be a safe environment. No, but tell them to keep out the airports and that concern. You want to see them... Well, they're not still the in the airports. You know, I'm just saying, that was, that no, was four months ago. There's a on the plane out with this country on the holidays this summer. You want to see them during the week when the airport opened yesterday and the day before with their kids and their families going away. How do you know they were no teachers? No social distance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... Jamie, how did you, Jamie, with a great respect, have they got a teacher written on their head? How did you know no, they were we, teachers? We know them. We talk to them. We talk to people. We see them on a regular basis. Right. We know them. We know who comes in and goes. So, uh, so teachers were heading off on holidays. Yes, okay. and the elderly, and the elderly. Well, okay, but the, the elderly—they're the they're all the quite entitled to go on holidays yeah. as long as they quarantine. Well, the point is, no, but the argument going giving out. The teachers can't get onto their phone, onto the radio station, and start giving out about social distance. We're not going back because of this and because of that. No one's saying that. When, when they're going flying all over the bloody place. But when no, in fairness, nobody said they're not going back. They just want, obviously, to have a. Well, they're saying they want a safe environment for them and the children. But they get into the local shop and they're gathering around in the, in the droves. The, sh- the kids? Yes, yeah, the kids. Teachers now. 
Hanging outside the spar. <laughs> Graham, have you been hanging outside the spar again? <laughs> In my hoodie. But no, I do take Jamie's point that he, you know, there's all this concern about teen, you know, teenagers. Yeah. And uh, Graham, I think you'd agree. You know, I mean, teenagers don't give a toss. I mean, they're oh, out, yeah. they're, they're there at the moment, all hanging around together. They don't care. Well, the, te- the teenagers I was talking to less than an hour ago do. Do they? Yeah. I'm surprised. Ah, yeah. Noel, you can be surprised. Graham is his name. Graham. You're looking for every excuse under the sun not to go back to work. Instead of looking for an excuse okay, to go you've back been to work. Half a dozen times now I'm you're going looking for an excuse work. not to go to work. I'm working today when I don't have and to. And I tell you this, I tell you, you know what you should do in this country now to go and get a pair of balls? Do what Ronald Reagan done with the air traffic controllers in America. If you don't turn up for work, you're sacked. We'll get somebody else to do your job. And is there a spare? Is, is there not? But the greatest respect, I mean, I understand the, some of the points that you're making, but respect, Jamie, there isn't a line of teachers out there waiting to take over from them. Unless, you, unless you have the, the qualifications, do you? It's looking for an excuse not to go to work. Yeah, but who are we going to. If, if you turned around and brought that in and said, listen, you've been too fussy, you need to go back to work, and those that didn't, you turned around and sacked them all, who are you going to replace them with? Noel. Uh, well, you wouldn't because they'd all go on strike and you'd have no teachers. Noel, yeah. Noel, every idea that was put out there by government ministers, professionals, academics, we do this for schools. All I can hear from the new was, no, 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 no. We're not doing Actually, no, that. We're not no. doing that. Okay, well, sorry, Graham, respond to that one. Okay, he's basically saying that school teachers and the unions in particular, I suppose, representing the school teachers are making it difficult. All right, just to be very clear, teachers, unions didn't close the schools, didn't keep the uh, schools closed and aren't keeping them or closing them in September. We are all, as staff, going to be back at school. The, and when we're responding to government and screw-ups, which I'm sorry, that's what they've done in, in, in relation to education throughout all of this, especially the way they treated SMAs. And the Leaving Cert. Is, yeah, all agreed. Uh, different topic, but agreed. But is, no, that's a bad idea. And here's why and what you could do to make it better. It isn't just, no. It's, here's what the alternative is. Here is, is how it would work better. Teacher aren't just going, no, and toddling off. Well, we, we had, had, had a reason we had, about we how it could a, work functionally. And we, had pointing out problems we, had, we had a school principal on the radio last week a very high-profile school principal from Navin, a famous ex-footballer. He said social distancing has gone out the window and we should just get back to school, back to work. OK, well, stay there for a second, both of you. I have to take a break. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 87 Some of the texts coming in. Now, if we have to social distance or if a child is going to be sent home every time they feel slightly unwell, there'll be nobody left in the school. Noel, the kids have been mixing for the last, the last three weeks in playgrounds and everything, um, and there's still no jumping cases, so... Just, just, just tell the teachers to stop being so awkward and just get, get back to work. Stop being so awkward. As simple as that. Yeah, somebody else mentions, by the way, now. I would have thought the USA was the most obvious hotspot. I don't think you can compare England with, <coughs> pardon me, with Brazil. I got a text yesterday saying U.S. citizens are still rocking up in Ireland. Yet they had fifty thousand new cases yesterday. Said Paul Middleton. Paul, you can't really go by testing and by cases because, for example, in the United States, they've already tested uh, per million, 105,000 people per million. So they're testing more than anybody. The only ones that are testing higher than them are Russia. So you can't really go by testing because if we were to test that many people or if we were to test the whole population, for example, we would have a lot more cases. What you have to go is deaths per million. And that gives you a good indication of how dangerous a virus is in a particular country. For example, Britain would have twice the amount of deaths per million as the United States. Uh, The United States would be slightly higher than Ireland when it comes to deaths per million. Uh, Spain and Italy are actually lower than Ireland now when it comes to deaths per million. So you have to look at the deaths per million. uh, And that's what kind of decides whether a country is a more dangerous place to be in than... 
other countries because testing unfortunately testing is different in every single country and you can't really go with the testing I don't think we're testing as many people now as we would have been probably three or four months ago for example uh, okay uh, we're talking to Jamie and Graham just before the break and I want to talk about school teachers in general and I'll ask you the question by the way are you concerned about sending your child back to school in September because there are, oh, there are still some people out there who are panicking and let's just take away the fear because your child is safe what's risky I suppose from some people or believe is that if you have somebody vulnerable in your house and your child has gone back and forward to school and they're mixing with a load of people but again to point out particularly if they're under the age of 12 there is no evidence whatsoever that your child under the age of 12 even if COVID-19 was rampant in the school which it's probably not going to be um, that their child would bring it back home to somebody else um, so I think that concern I, I just think it's completely overstated uh, Graeme stay with me for a second let me just go to Damien as well Damien I mean, are you concerned, Damien, about the kids going back to school? Are you concerned, Damien? No. Okay, but what about the concerns that school teachers have? They want to make it a safer environment. No, putting aside um, teachers, putting aside crashes where my kids are at the moment, they're back since Monday. Yep. I think the main problem with this country at the moment is is that there's no clarification um, across the line from the government. And, like, we need to start learning to live with this. It's not going to go away. So why are we making up excuses when it comes to schools? Not the teachers. The teachers not want to go back to work. I know that. I know teachers that, that have worked throughout. Well, I think some. I think some do. I, th- I think there are a cohort of teachers. I'm not going to say all of them. Yeah. But there are a cohort of teachers who would look for any excuse to stay at home. No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what profession you're in. You're always going to get some people that just want to... Well, I, th- I think there's a difference. When you come to the public sector, it's kind of easier to get away with that attitude. But with the private sector, you kind of have to go back to get paid. That's fair enough. But, like... I think Jamie was on there and he was slating that guy there. The other Graham. It's not his fault. Like he's, he's many times he's a man has to say he want, he's back in work. Like so, why why do people not listen? This is my point. People don't listen to people in general. You know, it's just getting beyond the joke now. It's every day you're hearing something else. Like yes, it was international travel, which I disagree with. I don't think we should be letting. But will we get we'll be getting back around to that later on because there's now a suggestion of mandatory quarantining. In other words, dragging people off to hotels. But we'll get to talk about that later on. Yeah, um, I don't but know as, as regarding my kids are in questions Monday and they haven't come back feeling ill. There's nobody in the no workers in the crash feeling ill. No kids are feeling ill. So like you know, yeah, and that's my crash. But then I hear other crash the crashes don't even want to bother opening up. You know, it's like. But I see there's no risk in crashes, none whatsoever. That, but that's what I'm saying. But people don't understand that. People are getting. The main thing that's happening here is the media are scaring people. You see it every day in social media. Well, I hope I'm not responsible you know, for that, by the way, but however. No, no, but I'm just, you're going by what the facts you're hearing. You know, Niall, in fairness to your show, but you get other bloody papers online that are saying this and saying that. Like, you know, just listen. Well, to well the let me thing. ask, Graham. Graham, you're a logical man. Do you believe yeah, that sometimes. COVID-19 uh, and what's happening in the media in relation to, I suppose, people, the fear factor that people have, say, of sending their kids back to school in September. Is it overstated? That, well, everyone's level of fear is different. I'm not, look, I, my, my little fellow will be going back in September. Um, I'll be reading the guidelines and all that kind of stuff. But Are you I worried? Consider, would, am I worried or would I be considering not sending him at the moment? No, I wouldn't. Right, how old is he, by the way? Uh, he's five. Well, then you have no concerns whatsoever, really, have you? Yeah, no, I don't. No, but, but then why do you think, do, no, do you believe that the, people have kind I'm of irrational fears? Of man- I'm on the board of management of a primary school. Right. Um, would I have concerns around staff safety in relation to these guidelines? I would, yeah. Okay, Same so... The stuff I've been talking to you a while ago, but... Okay, well, so isn't, that's the most important thing. So when, when teachers go back, that when they're in the staff room 
or they're interacting with each other during meetings or whatever, they keep their social distance. But in relation to the students, I don't think there's, I don't think there's an issue really. At primary level, obviously, and again, that's basically... I, I don't even... I, yes, you're saying at primary level, but I, do, I really don't believe it. And you know as well as I do, if you look at statistics around the world and you actually look at the statistics properly, even up to the age of 18, the child has more chance of probably being killed in a car crash on the way to the school, statistically, there's than no they have. There's no stats or studies saying the kids over 18 can't transmit it. I agree with you that they are unlikely to get sick and get ill. Yeah. But there's nothing to say... At fifth and sixth students who aren't going to spend time around can't transit. They most certainly can't. Yes. Course, now, again, until we get information otherwise. Mm. But, like you said, logical. You base it on, what, on the information available. So does it seem like there will be significantly more of a risk in secondary school than there will be in primary school? Absolutely. Is it a far more complicated environment? And that's not the any great primary school. But there's just more movement involved throughout the But I mean, for the, the last four or five weeks, I, you know, I mean, according to the CMO myself, I mean, for the last four or, weeks, four or five weeks, we've seen hordes of children swarming around. Turning, yeah, that's over. Oh, I want you, you, get the, you get the point I'm making. You get the point I I'm making. The point okay, so they're all hanging yeah. out together. They're going to parties. They're in parks. I've seen them. I, I'm large, driving, but they're all they're hanging around. Outside. And yet we haven't large, seen it. But hang on. Apart from that house we were chatting about earlier. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but we haven't seen a massive amount of cases in this country since that because happened. There are, in fairness, not because the vast majority of instances, they're outside. And also, if you look at, like you're, someone else mentioned, um, America a while ago, and they were doing really well, and then they stopped, and they're not doing so freaking well now. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, I mean, the, the one thing I will agree with, I agreed with what Donald Trump said last week when he was being a smart arse, the journalist, and they were asking him why the cases had increased. You know, the fact is, they test more people. And he said, if you want the, 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 the amount of infections to go down, I'll stop testing them. So that's kind of a... a now, I, now, I know he was taken out of context, and I know you'll take him out of context, Graham, because you're oh, a bit no, of an I FT. Won't. I'll take him exactly in context. It's just I won't be as supportive of him, of him as yourself. Yeah, okay, but the point is, if we stopped testing people, we'd have less infections. <laughs> that's kind of logical, isn't yes, it, really? Then it is, And if you stop testing people, it gets far more rampant, and then you're dead. Absolutely. Going. But America, Niall. actually, next to Russia, America is the highest amount of tests in the world. So, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, Graham. Just a quick one there for you. So, the, what, yeah. back at about a month ago, they brought out this bright idea of bringing the kids back one or two days a week. Well, they did that in the UK, yeah. Yeah, but why? I don't. What I can't get my get can't get my head around with that is one or two days a week. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. Like, why? Why did they think? Oh, okay. So we're not going to infect people on Monday and Wednesday. Okay, well, we'll, we'll let, let Graham answer that after the break. Graham, if you can stay, because I'm, I'm late for a break here and I have to go to break. You can ask that question. Why do you think? Well, I don't think there's a suggestion of blended learning at the moment, but that could happen, by the way, before September. Somebody else says, I work in a crash. We're back full time. We have put measures in place uh, just in getting on with it. Uh, we have parents working on the front line and children with older siblings who obviously could pass on to these children. Of course, there is a risk and young children can get it and pass it on to others. Well, not according to the WHO, they can't. But anyway, uh, good hygiene and hand washing. Well, I would agree with that. That's always the case. I should be, we should be teaching children that all the time, even without COVID-19. We should have always, we became very complacent around that. But the idea that a young child, I'm assuming when you're talking about a crash, it's five and six-year-olds or whatever, four-year-olds, three-year-olds, passing it on to other children or passing it on to adults, there's no evidence of that at all. Not, there's actually a case of that. According to the WHO, through contact tracing, there's not one case of a child passing it on to an adult. So I don't know where you might have got that from. Um, also, uh, Graeme, just to answer the question, in relation to blended learning, it's not ruled out at the moment. They're doing it in Northern Ireland where kids are going to be going back for two days and teacher training on the Wednesday and other groups going back on Thursday and Friday. Uh, do you believe le- blended learning can actually work? I don't think so. Um, as in, can it be the equivalent of being in school? Of course not. Yeah. 
It, it, maybe they, 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 it would leave children at a serious disadvantage, do. wouldn't it? But it's, it's, it's the same as with you know, IT stuff, whether the school was closed. Is it better than nothing? Of course it is. Is it the same thing as being inside with your teacher and students? Of course not. Okay, so, it just, so, I, I, so I, long term it can't work is the point you're making. It can't. It can't work to the same degree. No, no. Okay, well, let me go to Anne as well, who's a re, uh, retired teacher. Uh, good afternoon to you, Anne. How are you? Hello, Neil. How are you? Good. And I, I mean, do you, do you do you believe as a school? Well, you're a retired school teacher, but um, and do you believe this kind of all these regulations can work in a school setting? Listen, Neil. I was listening to the show, and every one of us that gets up every day, you included, take risks and in going out to work. The farmer passing on his tractor takes a risk. Uh, anyone driving in the roads, bad bends, uh, all the rest of it. Uh, nobody takes more risks with children than the nurses and the consultants that went to the COVID wards and go into sick children and go into the hospitals. No one takes as many risks as them. Yes, they do it. They put on the gear. They do what they have to do. And they facilitate the work that they're doing. And I just think that teachers should get back to work, wear what they have to wear, uh, do what they have to do. And if, if, as much as possible and as much as feasible in any particular school, get on with the job. And try and keep it as normal as yes. possible. And as possible. There's great principals in schools throughout the country and there's great teachers in individual schools. But we, we try to harmonise everything for all schools throughout the country. That just doesn't work. And I just think, you know, wear what you have to wear. If you have to wear a mask, wear a mask. I know if I was going into school, I'd be wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing that Luke O'Neill tells us every morning on uh, with Pat Kenny, listen to him and just get on and do your work in as safe as possible way as you can. Well, listen, well, well isn't, isn't that the whole point of this? And I say that to you, Graeme. The whole point of this is let's try and work these guidelines out to not affect the children and the way they learn. In other words, we, we, we want them to go to the science class. We want them to go to the woodwork class. And if it, if it means that a teacher has to wear a mask because the children have to learn, well, so be it. That's the sacrifice that has to be made. Graeme, would you not agree? Yes. And if, if a child has to wear a mask, Where's the mask? Well, it's, it's difficult to get them under the age of 13. I think in the, in the UK, yeah, they're saying under 13. I'm talking about secondary yeah. school. I'm yeah. talking about secondary school more. And if they have to wear a mask, wear the mask. And, you know, make it as seamless as possible. And, you know... Well, I don't know about kids wearing masks, or even teenagers. Good luck with that, Anne. I don't know if that would work out too well. I know, I know. You know. I know that they might want to wear them. Fine. But uh, I'm sure a parent uh, with a child with with any underlying health conditions will tell the child to wear the mask. Yeah. And like they, they are good and they will do what they have to do. Well I, th- well, I think you have a better chance probably of them doing what they're told in a school setting than you have outside anyway, that's for sure. But great. I, look, I, I, I wish, I, I know you're not going to work because you're retired. Are, are you bored now that you're retired, by the way? Not at all. I'm having the best time of all my life. Good. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Graeme yeah. is looking forward to it. Mind you, we talk to Graeme regularly and he sounds like he's permanently in retirement, well, to be honest with you. I've got another 20 years or so to wait. <laughs> All right. Listen, thank you very much, and Thank you, Graeme. I appreciate you coming on the air. No right. Okay, loads of those people text again. Uh, Niall, I, I am very concerned about sending my kids back to school. What happens if they do catch COVID-19? Well, what happens if they do? What can you do about it? There's not a lot you can do about it. I, and, you know, the risk is, as I said to you, is so small. It really is. 
Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit. 